how you doing? Glad you could make it. DJ voice going on there, Jim? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. So once again, I'm Ken. Across from me is Jim. I'm Jim. And Ken's on the other side of the table from me. We're opposite from each other. Opposite but equal. Equal but opposite. Different but the same. Right. So uh, once again, this is uh, Off the Record, uh, a vinyl podcast. Episode two. Episode two. Once again, uh, on a Sunday. On a Sunday. Recording this. But already, with some upgrades in equipment, vastly better, at least from the recording aspect of things. I don't know how it's going to sound when, once you listen to it. Yes, we've switched from DC to AC power for this podcast. Right. Exactly. What are we talking about today, Ken? We're talking about, um, we're talking about Pink Floyd. Oh, Pink Floyd. Love Pink Floyd. I guess that's why we're talking about them. Who's Pink Floyd? Uh, they're two people. A tall guy. Right. Short guy. Kind of like Big Enos and Little Enos. Floyd the Barber and Pink the recording artist? Yeah. Yeah, her. Her. Yeah. No, but I guess we're going to be talking about uh, the high point. The, the, the peak period of Pink Floyd's career. Oh, so obviously, obviously we're talking about Dark Side of the Moon then. Um, no, no, that would be too, no? too easy, too obvious. Uh, besides the fact that, as we've discussed, I think we both agree that Dark Side of the Moon is there, is the peak of their career. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, for, for us, it's without question. It's Certainly, and it's not only the, the pinnacle of their career, but for me, it's, it's easily one of my top five albums, easily. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's always remarkable that, you know, they recorded that in 72, I believe. And sometimes I think that rock music hasn't really progressed very much further since then. In some ways, I agree with you, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly. And uh, I still go back and, and, and go back and listen to their, to their catalog back then. It's, I think I said to you, it's one of the things, like if I could travel back in time, you know, some people would be like, oh, I want to go back to the Roman days or I want to go back to this. I would love to go back to... Uh, rock and roll from like 65 to 80 and Pink Floyd is really in that sweet spot for sure and like to just to be like someone who cleaned the recording studio while they were recording just to hear what they were talking about just to hear where they were coming from and and and, and the ideas that they were coming up with that, that would just been awesome yeah and maybe to be there you know when they were uh, before they hated one another right yeah so if we're not going to talk about Dark Side of the Moon what are we going to talk about we're going to talk about uh, two other albums, which are very good in their own right, uh, from that same um, uh, time period of Pink Floyd. I mean, I, you, you could you could really cut Pink Floyd almost into thirds. You know, you have the Sid days. Yeah. Then you have post Sid. Yeah. The four of them together, and then obviously you have post Roger, and um, you know other the other two major albums that they had that uh during that period one of them being metal yeah that's the album that immediately preceded dark side correct and the other album being wish you were here correct which immediately followed preceded there you go (laughs) there you go and you know for me pink floyd uh i certainly focus in on a very small part the middle part there uh i've never really been a sid barrett fan and honestly I like the album Animals. Don't love it. I like it. And by the time they get to the wall, even though Roger Waters is still 
a creative part of the band. Never really fell in love with The Wall. Mm -hmm. And I think anything else from... Anything else after these three albums, you know, Metal, Dark Side, Wish You Were Here. I mean, those form the peak of their creative arc. And to me, anything on either side of that just kind of pales for my personal taste. I I agree with you 99.9%. So most of what you just said, I totally agree with you. To me, they do have a couple sports. I I, I still love A Delicate Sound of Thunder. Sure. Um I don't. I don't put it in the same class as these three albums that you know, uh, but to me, I still hold that album in high regard from them. Yep. Like you, I'm not too much into the Sedays. I think it was to me, it's a little, a little too far out there. But again, there's some bright spots there. But I mean, Astronomy Divine is a really great song, especially when Voivod does it. Well, what isn't great when Voivod <laughs> on Headbangers Ball when you're staying up all night? But that that's a, that's, that's a different that's podcast. A, that's a story for a different time. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's uh, so let's uh, kick it off here. We're going to listen to metal a little bit. Yes. Okay. Let's see if we can cue this up here. We're, we're very prepared here, folks. Very prepared for okay. once. They really favor these long, quiet intros, don't they? They're they're, the, they're stealthy like that. The slow build up. I feel like we're back on the Isle of Sky. That was a good time. Except for the twenty-five dollar toll to get onto the island. <laughs> Which by now is probably 50. I don't think anyone would ever say that Roger Waters was a great bassist. But he had a really good tone. Very good tone. Yeah. I mean, that bass tone right there is... That's solid. Copious notes there. Do you know what year they recorded this? You know, I probably I, I have more of just I was looking up some like really off the beat trivia and, and stuff about the albums. Like what color pants they wore when they recorded the guitar solo? Platinum. It was the no, early I'm seven. sorry. I'm sorry. Check. The one thing I, I did, uh, I'm sure many people out there listening to this, probably, particularly if you're huge Pink Floyd fans, already knew this, but... So, there's only one bit of vocal on this song. Sure. Do you know who it is? Is it one of the band members? It is one of the band members. I guess it's the drummer. It is the drummer, but even more interesting that I learned... This is the only vocals he's contributed to in their entire album. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I'm fine with that, too. I mean, I'm not saying... 
slide guitar from Mr. Gilmore there. Roger Waters again. really come in there to me it always seems like they're coming in like on a half step almost like it's not a smooth transition you know they actually had to cut pieces of magnetic tape back in those days very hard to get precision i can't tell if you're joking i mean i I know that's what they had to do but like (laughs) just humoring you Oh, you're here. You're, you're, you're joshing me. Not in a condescending way. More in a dismissive way. More in an I just don't care way. <laughs> this track is almost like an ambient music track. You just have the one repetitive yeah. bass riff going on underneath. No vocals. I guess by this time they hadn't really discovered the synthesizer. And the keyboards that you have going on here are kind of electric piano, organ. I think it was Dark Side when they first really started playing with the synthesizer. This was, this was um, recorded, it was released, I'm sorry, October 71, uh, it was recorded January to August of 71, at several locations, including Abbey Road. Sure. Abbey Road, I think, is, was their primary recording location. So this was 71. So to put that into context, the, only seven years earlier, the Beatles came to America, right? 64, Twist and Shout, Roll Over Beethoven, right? That was a mere seven or eight years prior to this. Yes, it was. Sleepy time when I lie With my love by my side And she's breathing low In a pretty big evolution of 
Part of that too, or goes hand in hand with it, was the evolution in the technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marshall amplifiers didn't exist. When night uh, comes in '64, right by '71 they did exist. The, uh, falls to the technology the in the uh, recording studio, right? You know, multi-track recording, effects pedals for guitars, the synthesizer, which was soon going to come. Right, Seasons change, the wind is warm. Which to me makes that that jump in that that small time period even more so. Because a, it's the person who has the brainchild to create those, to create those amplifiers, to create those tools for the musician to use, and then for the musician to take that. And start utilizing as part of it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you were t- to define a decade from maybe 64 to 74 or 65 to 75, I mean, it was the evolution that occurred just in that decade. Yeah. Was was a great revolution than has occurred in the three and a half decades since. Yeah, four decades. We're getting old. Four we are. Yeah, it's okay. Four decades. does have kind of an ambient mood.
little on the melancholy side, but not too bad. Mo mostly an uplifting kind of track. This song is... The eyes were closing. The head was bobbing. Like it's almost not making for good podcast <laughs> material right now. No, we're not doing too much talking, are we? Yeah, we're, we're enjoying... Uh, sorry out there, folks. But you between the music and the, and the libations, you may hear some snoring here for, for a little bit. Snorting? Snoring. Oh, snoring. Again, you're you're getting the uh, you're getting the current situation confused with which what might have been going on back then. This episode of Off the Record brought to you by Tylenol PM. <laughs> and Ambien. <laughs> now, something about this song makes me think that the lyrics and in this song in particular they're not focused they're not too definite mm -hmm. I mean Dark Side was uh, an entire leap forward you know? the, the lyrics were very specific because it was kind of a concept album yeah, yeah. but here I mean the lyrics are just kind of uh, they don't strike me as particularly and it, it makes me one of the things I re was reading about this was that particularly Nick Nick and Dave consider this to be the first real Pink Floyd album and the first album to be really indicative of their sound and I think it would have to be more sound than lyrics because as you already said like I mean you know, Dark Side is pretty focused being a concept album you know um, The Wall is very politically charged you know I like your yeah. point there because yeah. you could almost say that the, the first stage of their career was the development of their sound mm -hmm. and once that was in place it then became the evolution of their lyrics right which again for me by the time you get to the wall i mean it was a little heavy-handed it was all it was roger waters and his father in world war ii and it, it just seemed like that was just becoming so prevalent overbearing yeah but uh, again I, I think they had this sweet spot you know these three albums where found their sound, they developed great lyrics. Some of these tracks almost border on easy listening. They're just so laid back. It's funny you say that. I, um, I remember being a kid. You do? Some, sometimes. Sometimes I don't. I won't go into why. 
but, <laughs> but um, you know, I remember being a kid, and you just said easy listening, and that's all my parents, that and Polkas were all my parents used to grow up. And I remember one time, listen, I don't remember which Floyd album was, but my sister had the Floyd album, I loved it. I remember playing it for my parents, and I remember saying to them, here, listen to this, you'll like it. It's, the music's slow, like you listen to. <laughs> See? <laughs> Trying to get your parents on the Pink Floyd train. Well, my mom's roughly the same age. There you go. Yeah, just the, uh, the instrumentation on this track, you know. Is there any electric guitar? It is, it's clean. Electric. It's clean, yeah. You know what the song in the background is? No, actually I don't. You don't? I can never really make it out. Maybe. Well, the lyrics say, you'll never walk alone. And it's the song of the Liverpool soccer club. Well, that makes sense, because I when, I when you hear it towards the beginning of the song, it's about to say, man, did they record that at a soccer match? <laughs> So that makes total sense. There you go. There you go. I want to say maybe Roger Waters was the Liverpool fan, but don't don't quote don't me quote on you that. on it. No. I will never quote you on anything. Never ever. Ever. Taking a left turn, hasn't it? A major left. Quite possibly even a U-turn. Did you play this track for your parents? No, I did not. This would have been the one. This would have been the one to play, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Your dad would have taken you to see Dark Side of the Moon. (laughs) You'd have been in diapers. I would have been. Would have been. This also points to the fact that with this album, this one's a little over the map, too, you know, a little scatterbrained. A little bit. It certainly is not focused. You get well, this kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's certainly scatterbrained when you get to the song after this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but they're going for a more eclectic mix of songs. You know, to make a connection to Dark Side. Please do. One of the songs on Dark Side was actually composed when they were making this album. And that was? That would have been Brain Damage. Wow. Tuck that away back in the 
closet of useless knowledge from later on when you're at a cocktail party. Yeah, thanks for that. That probably just pushed out some precious childhood memory that I was (laughs) saving for a future time. Thanks. No problem. Glad I I could uh, defrag your brain there. Is this the Matrix podcast now? What's going on here? It's like deja vu. Defrag. De- I need someone to defrog my Defrog or defog? No, frog. Frog. I've been having nightmares about frogs. Really? Yeah. French, French people just running at me from all directions. <laughs> Berets. Striped shirts. Berets. Run away. You'll want to edit that part out for the, uh, the French release of the podcast. <laughs> Play. Dude, I, 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 they don't get a release. We're big in France. Like Jerry Lewis. And almost as dead as him. <laughs> <laughs> almost as irrelevant. As almost him. as irrelevant. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing we're so self-deprecating, isn't it? I always say, if I don't make fun of, my, fun of myself, who else is going to do it? I'd volunteer. Well, that's true. That's true, yeah. 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 I, heard a, I heard a... I don't know even why I thought of this concept, but I, I, heard, a, I heard a funny joke. I'm not going to tell it right, but... I said, uh, when I die, I want to be... Uh, want my remains to be strewn, uh, thrown uh, you know, over the beach in the ocean... That being said, I, I don't want to be cremated. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Sounds bloody. Yeah. Unless you're freeze-dried first. Mm. All right, so you alluded to this song. Yes. Shameless the dog. Fun fact. When I was growing up and living on Sartoria Avenue... Yes. People across the street from me had a German Shepherd dog named Seamus. Were they pink flamingos? I never thought about it until now, but maybe they were. How old were they? They were older than me. Were they old enough to be your parents? They were old enough to have children that were a couple years younger than me. Okay. So they, yeah, they could have been. Seamus, that's the dog. You think they still live there? No. Dog smelled too. Really? Yeah. And I don't mean like he sniffed with his nose. No, I mean, no, no. He, I, yeah. I mean he stank. He was, he was, he was odiferous. <laughs> I wonder if the Seamus in this song was odiferous. As much as I love Pink Floyd, the pictures I see of them back then, they themselves don't look like that they were probably too fragrant. So I'm, I think it's a good chance maybe the dog wasn't. There are. A, a lot of pictures of uh, Gilmore on stage wearing this Guinness beer t-shirt. Right. And I just wonder if that ever got washed. Right. Along with his hair. Yeah. Dude, they were too busy creating. creating. Yes. Exactly. They had time for worldly things like showering and, and laundry. Personal hygiene. No way, man. No way. They were figuring out how to plug in Wawa pedals backwards and... Using tape delay. Yeah. And their light show for their live tour. Right. I mean, that, that took a lot of their energy, I'm sure. Right. 
so far this album's had kind of a real lazy Sunday afternoon kind of feel, hasn't it? How apropos. Yeah. That it's we're having a lazy Sunday afternoon. Well. Well, sort of. I'm lazy every day of the week. So apparently that single note right there. Yes. From a German U-boat? That was could be. But that's basically how the whole album started. Really? That was the germ of it. Let me let me see if I can find that passage. Yeah. Why don't you thumb through your copious notes there? My my waste of paper. No, no, no. Your waste of ink, maybe. I don't think the paper's wasted. No. You can burn it for for warmth. That's true. Listen to this whole track because we'll be here for a long time. I mean, you know, tracks about as long as all the other tracks we just listened to. No, actually, I think it takes up the whole second side of the album. Right, and the other songs take up the whole first side. You're right. (laughs) Uh, What logic? (laughs) What crystal clear, razor sharp logic? Yet incorrect logic. (laughs) <laughs> this song is just as long as the five we already listened to <laughs> put together. It was an auspicious fluke by Rick on the piano that set the tone for the entire project. By hitting a certain note that transfixed his bandmates, the ping was an accident. The rest is history. Really? What's well, online? It's got to be true. It's got to be true. <laughs> He might have just been miffed that day and, you know, in a funk and just saying, all right, you suckers, I'm just going to play one note on the piano. Over and over until you guys... One note, <laughs> one finger, one key. I'm not even going to press any of the fucking pedals on the piano. Not going to put any effects on it. I'm not even going to sit down on the piano bench. I'm just going to stand up. And I'm going to stare at you all. <laughs> be drinking a cup of tea. Have my car keys in my hand like I'm going to leave. And just play this one note. Do we have, do we have to edit that one out for the, for the UK release? <laughs> I just ran the gamut of every British accent I know right there. All one of them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I can mess around with a number of British accents, but I can't do an Irish accent. Can't do the Irish bro. No, that's hard. It is. I agree. Overhead, the albatross hangs motionless upon the air, and deep beneath the rolling waves in labyrinths of coral caves, the echo of a distant time. Again, the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what they're going for here. You know, it's Mediterranean. Somewhat mystical, they're somewhat mythical. A throwaway. Don't don't hate me for saying this. Yeah. There's something to me about those lyrics and music 
reminds me a little bit of the monkey's purpose song. Oh, sure. I can see that. So these guys copied from the monkeys. Vice versa. Unoriginal hacks. <laughs> <laughs> that they didn't even play their own instruments. <laughs> no, they didn't. Well, by, by that album, they had Yeah. Yeah. Monkeys were awesome. So monkeys are a topic for another podcast. That is, you know what? That is a topic for another yeah. podcast. Yeah. Very good. Fucking monkeys. Chapped-ass monkeys. <laughs> Do I take it by the hand? You know, I heard that Michael Nesmith used to hang out in Central Park. He'd always be sitting in this one one area. If you if you went up and showed him a red bandana, he'd start nodding. his own poop back there? Yeah. No, that was Mickey Dolphin. Oh, was, he, he was the shit thrower? <laughs> Yeah. One of the greatest voices in pop music and shit Impeccable aim. His timing with his poop was as good as his timing on the drums. <laughs> and twice as better twice better than his comedic timing. <laughs> Wasn't Mickey Dolan's Jungle Boy in his earlier acting career? I guess he was. So maybe he jerked off in a monkey cage. Right, right. maybe, yeah. yeah. Right. I had it wrong from the start, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, folks, we're getting way off topic here. Way deep tangent. As good as this track is on the album, you, of course, have seen them perform this on the Live at Pompeii. Yes. That's amazing. It is amazing. Again, you talked about the evolution of pop and rock music. I mean, it's something like Live at Pompeii. It was less than a decade after the Beatles. It's still standing. Right. I haven't had that like I haven't sat down like really like thought out a list in a long time hold that thought I'll get back to you on that okay but this breakdown right here where it gets funky yeah it's grooving again Roger Waters you don't think of him as a great bassist but he's he's in there but uh, Gilmore for me Absolutely near the very top. Right. Hold and keep going, but hold the thought on what you just said about Roger Waters. Okay. But keep going. Oh, Gilmore. I mean, if I could have that guy's hands just for a day, feel what it would be like to 
play a guitar with that guy's hand. Right. He's not fast. No. He's but he's he's tasty. Oh, very tasty. And his he's very much in the blues idiom. He's not really playing anything complex. Most most of what he's playing is blues based. Well, this kind of brings me back to what you were saying about Roger Waters, and that is, and I think we've had this conversation before. Part of what makes Gilmore's playing sound so great, because I agree, he's not doing anything really unique, and I don't say that as a, as a jab at him. He is. He's playing very blues-based stuff, but what makes him sound so original is what he's playing over. Sure. And that goes back to Roger. No, he's not like this amazing bass player. He's like, like, like the virtuoso. Well. But he writes... What The material he writes is very tasty as well. And credit is also due to Rick Wright, the keyboard yes. oh, player. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he had a flair for jazzy sound yes. stuff. And that's part of what makes their you know the whole package of Pink Floyd go together so well it's, it's jazzy it's bluesy it's rocky and then maybe not on this album but on the next several albums they'll add the lyrics to it right it's just knocking yeah and then you package it all together put a bow around it and, it's, and, it's, and it becomes progressive does yes but yeah I agree I mean as as a guitar player he's 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 very much up there again I I haven't I don't think I have a a top 10 or top 5 list okay because certain days it's for me it's based on my mood and what I want to listen to but he is certainly up there Again, the keyboards here, they're very kind of Hammond B3, just organ kind of stuff. Yeah, not, no synthesizers. You know, the organ gives it almost that soul gospel mm-hmm. funk kind of Almost like struck to this right? Okay. I think this is where Sly and the Family Stone got their inspiration right here. They ripped off Pink Floyd. <laughs> who ripped off the Monkees. Who ripped off the Beatles. Who ripped off Little Richard. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't hear this, but I can see it. Ken is, he's off mic. He's hes moved his head away from the microphone. And he's almost in tears laughing. There's theres some internal thought process going There's on. There's something you're going to have. I can't even, I can't say this. I cannot, as much as I want to. You can say it and just edit it out when you go to. I, I'm not really that good at editing. <laughs> you're good enough. I don't think I am. Do you need to write it down so you won't forget it? I might. <laughs> I don't know if I can reach a pen without making a lot of noise. So, you have a pen in the diaper bag then? <laughs> I have everything probably but a pen in here. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to sound really unprofessional, but there's going to be a lot of 
lot of an- ancillary noise while I'm. I'm here. just gonna edit in yakety sax over this. <laughs> for the pink pen. I thought Ken would like the pink, pink pen. Pink Floyd, I get it, yeah. Now, Keep it in theme. There we go. See if that works. But Ken's gonna write down the unspeakable thought that he had. Are you gonna show it to me and let me read it right now, or are you gonna wait? I'm gonna let you read it. Oh, okay. To yourself. <laughs> yes, I, I promise, air quotes, to read it only to myself. Do you know how he got this sound that he's doing right now with the guitar? No, I actually have no clue. Apparently he... I don't know if it was on purpose or accidentally. But he plugged in a wah-wah pedal backwards. He put the in to the out, or the out to the in. Vice versa. Interesting. And somehow he got this... Using it with Jerry Lee Lewis, sorry. I am, but I, I something tells me he did the same thing. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, there's no need to cross it out. People can't see what you wrote. Unless it gets found by someone. <laughs> I have to shred that later. But don't you know? I'm, I'm just amassing information in this house, and then I'm going to set it on fire before I move. It's a good plan, except for the people that live on either side of you. <laughs> Firewalls, baby. Okay. Firewalls. Right. I think that's a little homage to Seamus the dog right there. <laughs> it's all seagulls yeah. on the beach, and, and then it's a little Seamus the dog right there. <laughs> oh, there's David again with his fucking seagulls. He's got a thing for his seagulls. Trying to make them sound like they're fucking laughing. Except the beach all day feeding them bread. Fucking filthy <laughs> birds. <laughs> Just sit there while I fucking shit on them all day. Come on, David. Why don't you knock off in? Have a cup of tea? Maybe smoke a fag? Quit it with the seagulls, At least huh? Get in here and record something. <laughs> I've seen in a couple. Mommy, I regretted telling him, asking him that. <laughs> I've seen in a couple uh, interviews that apparently everyone's remark about Gilmore when he would record his guitar parts was that he was just so loud. And again, going back to the Beatles, you know, who mm-hmm. also recorded in perhaps the same exact studio rooms that these guys were recording in. I can't ever see the Beatles being blamed for being too loud. Right. But Gilmore, you know, he played through a, a clean amp, more or less, you know, and then mm-hmm. he just had his pedals going on over top of that, but... I can see him playing loud to get his, vo- you know, to get his tone from the volume. Right. We're back on the U-boat. Back on the U-boat. Das Boot. You know, there's a. Re- oh no. I was gonna say there was a remake of that, but I'm thinking of U five seven one. Yes. With John Bon Jovi. Yes. Because what I think, submarine adventure. I think Bon Jovi. Oh, me too. Yeah. 
it's all tied together. Young Guns, Emilio Estevez, Trash Men, Norm MacDonald, Larry King, <coughs> Boz Skaggs, Mickey Blue Eyes. I don't know. That, that, that went into a... That went into a dead end. I just really wanted to see where you're going with that one. <laughs> that went into a comic cul-de-sac. <laughs> comic cul-de-sac? Wait a minute. Got married and became a two-martini-a-day drinker. And <laughs> oh, man. Woke up 30 years later saying, what did I do with my life? That kind of comic cult effect. <laughs> yeah, that kind. I, I don't know. Had Pink Floyd ever attempted an entire, you know, an extended piece like this? You know, one that took up the whole side of an album? Or was this their first attempt at it? Because they would abandon this approach on Dark Side. Right. You know, Dark Side is is much more made up of short, concise pieces. Right. Uh, but then they would go back to it on Wish You Were Here. Yes. Shame is the dog right here. Past the point of no return. Yeah, I mean, this album's almost Jekyll and Hyde, you know. Mm -hmm. the, the, the first side is kind of a hodgepodge, eclectic mix of different styles. And then the second side is just this long form piece. And again, you talk about them trying to find their sound. Right. I imagine that this is what they were trying to evolve. And wondered too, you know. Yes, was making albums at this time, and yes, was certainly very progressive, very conceptual. Sometimes I wonder how much they were inter influenced by a band like this. Sings me a lullaby, and no one makes me close. 
they would do this live, it was Gilmore and Rick Wright singing harmony. Mm-hmm. Is that the case on this album? Do you know? I don't know it's on my head. This is side two of the album. And if you were playing their albums in order, you know, you'd play side one of this album, then side two of this album, which is this song. Mm-hmm. And then you would play Dark Side. And it just seems like this song leads so naturally into Dark Side. Dark Side is such a natural progression from this. Yeah. It's very striking, great. The other thing I was thinking of is this album is that design you know multiple songs inside one and then this long song on the back on the B side yep it's the perfect design for the way I used to listen to music back in high school I mean I I listen to a lot of music back in high school going to sleep okay so to me like this is like the ultimate design like I I could listen to the first side listen to like the different songs yep and then Listen to the second side and then just drift away to sleep during a song like this, you know? They didn't know that Doc and Made albums. They did not. They did not. They did not. That's another podcast. No more more than Winger did, Jim. (laughs) Hey, Winger, you know, Kip Winger, man. Greatest five o'clock shadow in hair metal. (laughs) Can't deny that. I think we've come to the end of metal. I think we have. And now, I guess in almost blasphemous fashion, we're going to skip over Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side of the Moon. And um, it's probably time for a... Potty break? Uh, Do you need one? No. No, no, no. Oh, wait a minute. You sprung a commercial on me last time. Yeah. Do you um, have something similar? No, I mean, you know, this podcast does not pay for itself. (laughs) 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 You're right. 
So, you know, we need to pull in sponsors. Yes. And, um, you look like a man. You look like a man who likes to dress well. What do you want? The, the wire? I'd like the wire. You look like a guy that likes to wear clothes. <laughs> you look like a guy who prefers not to go out in public naked. You look like a guy that doesn't shave his body hair. If you've got a passion for fashion, and you've got a craving for saving... Wait, this is from the last time. Take the wheel of Isn't it? Oh no, you just brought the hot dog commercial yeah. last time. You can buy two outfits for a little more than the regular price of one at the Ideal Jim, that's Manufacturing two Company. For just Ideal about the price has of one. everything. I know that so appeals to women like you. why pay regular prices at regular retail stores? Take this tip. Make the trip to Ideal. You realize we can still make the trip to Ideal. We can. I think our next podcast... <laughs> Should be from the parking lot of Ideal. <laughs> from the parking lot of Ideal. You know, th- this table here f- is from the back of my, my car. So we could just take it out of the car and set up remotely. We could. God bless Ideal. All right, where are we going now? We're going to wish you were here? We're going to wish you were here. Okay. Let's just jump into it without any fanfare. Hit it. Hit it, baby. What do we need to know about uh, Wish You Were Here? I don't know. I didn't do the research on that one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I didn't really do any research either. I mean, okay, we don't need the research. Well, you know what inspired the lyrics? The, the lyrics are largely based on Sid Barrett yeah, yeah. and his uh, quote unquote insanity, yes. his turn for the worse. His. Yes. And of course, during the recording of this album, apparently Sid Barrett showed up in the recording studio and no one really recognized him because he had changed physically. Right. But all that is too obvious. We're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the minutiae. I think they'd moved on from checkered pants by this time. Right. This was more of a corduroy outfit. Well, like corduroy, jeans, and no no shirts. No shirts. Because <laughs> Gilmore's Guinness t-shirt had probably disintegrated, disintegrated by this time. Man. <laughs> no amount of right guard was going to bring that shirt back from the brink. <laughs> David, you should. It's falling apart. It's literally falling off your body as I watch you right now. I know, but I've been working on my tone and my sound, man. Don't have time for a show. And of course, now on this album, they've got the synthesizers. They've got them in full force. Under their full command. Ooh, they're masters of the synthesizers. The synthesizer bends to their will. It capitulates to them. Goodness. <laughs> Somehow, this sounds like the intro to Money for Nothing by Dire Straits. Ooh. Isn't it? A little bit, yeah. I'm waiting for those drums yeah. to crash. <laughs> yes. And that. Well, I guess Dire Straits ripped off Pink Floyd. We're, 
We're identifying all kinds of copyright infringement. Yeah, not besides our own. <laughs> so David, if you're listening, go see Dire Straits. And David, if you're listening, we, we paid full retail price for these MP3s that we got off Napster. Technically twice, because Jim has them and I have them, so... Yeah, really. So you can't blame us. No. It's society's fault, David. It's all society's fault. We're, we're merely pawns in this game. Yes, David. So remember, next time you need to pay the uh, the monthly dock fee for your, your houseboat on your, the Thames. Your floating recording studio. Yes, we, we're helping to fund that. We feel your pain. I'm still waiting for Dire Straits to kick in. It's still... It's got that feel. To me, that was possibly one of the most horribly distorted sounding guitars in that song. Sadly, was coming like through a tin can to me. That's all. That was the '80s, man. Yeah. 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 It's kind of hard to imagine the guy who played on Souls of Swing is playing that song. What a sellout! Fucking sellout! This song, like, I was a Floyd fan when I was younger, and then I kind of, like, escaped to the background for a long time, and then I remember you playing this song for me, and I hadn't heard it in, like, really? eons, okay. you know, figuratively, and I was just like, it was, it was just one of those songs that, like, just, like kind of just brought me instantaneously back and I was just like oh my god they were so good <laughs> I don't remember ever playing this song but if you say so not you actually you didn't play the you didn't play the album version you played for me one of the live recording which is it was just as good
I have to say the the sound of that, that keyboard or synthesizer right there. One of the most melancholy sounds I can think of. It's bordering on Cats in the Cradle for me. Ooh, really? Personally, yeah, that much. Yes, it is. Yeah. Is it just the tone, the, the pure, simple tone of that synthesizer, or what he's playing? No, no, it, it, it's the tone of it. Okay. It's. I don't know. It's. I find it very depressing. I can see that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you in any stretch. But that tone almost kind of carries through to the 80s. For some reason, I'm thinking Blade Runner. The, the sounds from the Blade Runner soundtrack wouldn't yeah. be far removed. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I hear what you're saying.
Either the doors or it's the music. Or both. It's, it's, a, it's a synergistic effect. Wait a minute, this isn't a guitar. Is David Sanborn in the band? No. <laughs> Actually, I think I know the name. There's, there's a gentleman named Dick Parry, if I'm not mistaken. He played on Dark Side. Okay. And I imagine it was the same fellow. About to, I was going to say before you mentioned we weren't saying anything. <laughs> the lyrics, particularly in this song, of this, from this album, every bit as powerful as lyrics on Dark Side. Sure. Sure. Yeah, they were focused. Yeah. And even looking forward to the next album, and those lyrics were focused. Well, I think they took on kind of a political slant. Yeah, well, they definitely started moving in that direction. But, you know, again, the fact that there's saxophone on this track just points up how they had one foot in jazz all the time. Yeah. That you can sort of seamlessly insert a saxophone. It doesn't sound like is great it's, it's enviable it's, I mean you and I being and at least in my regard I use this term in the loosest sense of the word being musicians to be able to do something like to me that to me that's tantamount to ma- magic oh yeah you know yeah I, I mentioned that the tracks on my iPod are out of sequence so I believe we need to skip over part six through nine because they come at the end of the album. Correct, I think. I believe you're correct. All right. Damn iPod. Damn wonder of modern technology. iPod issues. Steve Jobs issues. Fucking Steve Jobs. <laughs> Sorry if this seems abrupt, folks, but we do what we can. to get into a little car, close the hatch, and shoot down a tube. Now these are definitely not piano or organ sounds. These are synth sounds.
they're delivering these vocals is unlike anything they've done before. I can totally see this being... It's cinematic. I can totally see this being like in a movie score. Sure. I was trying to figure out that that little synth line there was kind of a. So some of the, the songs by heart uh, had, had a lot of mode synthesizers, yeah, 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 yeah. and you can almost hear that. Yeah. Some of those, uh, those hard I was actually going to go back to your yes comparison. Okay. But hearts, I can, yeah, I can totally see where you're going. see that. You're talking, of course. Sorry. Ma- Magic Man. Yeah, right, right. You're talking pre. You're talking pre. Like. All I want to do is make love to you. 80s heart. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking 70s heart. The real deal. Where do you stand on yes? Not a huge fan. No? No. Just got a couple things, I, a couple songs I like, but overall, not a huge fan. I've always been a huge fan. I know. Yeah. I think part of it is that I was exposed to it so young. I mean, I probably heard a lot of that stuff by the time I was eight. You know, really young. Yes. No, but that stuff sticks with you. I think one of the things I kind of regret, I shouldn't say regret because it wasn't anything I had any control over, but one of the things that's, uh, when I was a kid, it was, my music exposure was very mishap. But you did mention the whole Yeah, I mean, that's what my parents listened to. My sister listened to a really wide range of stuff. Um, so I guess... Some of which, you know, some of which like was things like Floyd. So you know, I mean, I did get some exposure to what, what shaped me later on. But yeah. it was really all over the place. I, I kind, you know, if I could have 
had that been different, I would have. Like, playing on loop from Dave. <laughs> Dave played two measures and played them really good. We're just going to loop them over. Did, did a dead body just fall down with Wait, are we still in, in uh, sequence here? Let's see. I think we are. We've gone back in the tube car again. Traveling along. Underground. Slowing down. Slowing down. Yep. Next stop. Dinsdale. We've entered a cocktail party. Cocktail party from 1882. Filled with mirth. <laughs> Where's Leo Tolstoy in the corner? Leo! He never waves back. <laughs> Supercilious prick. There's a little bit of brown liquid left in the bottle. I'll, I'll gladly split it with you. Oh, yeah. Let's see. This is like money part two. Do you like this song? Not as bad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's the cash registers that just really irk It might be. It, yeah. it totally might be. Like, I could see that that... that that musical progression in Money, I could see being the background music to some type of Looney Tunes bit. With Daffy Duck? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. And again, where they might previously have had kind of a churchy sound organ, they got a synthesizer. mentioned the song Money, which ties into this track, because the lyrics of this track are about their, their fame, right. their success, and Money was actually the song that brought that on to because that was kind of an accessible song, right. and, uh, and in some ways they kind of, well, I guess in some ways it seems like they regretted the song Money. So big, right? And it took them to a different place. 
again, Gilmore's parts are somewhere between funk with the rhythm track and blues with the lead track. You got that electric piano song uh, sound going on in the back. That's a, I, I think that Schleck, to quote you, is, is to me almost an unavoidable byproduct. It's, you're going to have the bands that, that are the cream of the crop, the, the bread and phenomenal stuff. And then you're going to have the bands that just aren't. And they're, and they're either intentionally or unintentionally trying to ride the, the, the coattails. Of, oh. uh, yeah. And you know, the 70s was probably the apex of... Recording industry, the record companies, the big deals. This song alludes to all of that. Yeah. But you know, the seventies was probably I think that kind of I think that kind of I think that Apex does does go into the eighties. It does. You're right. Because that's where you really start to see the uh, the term copycat bands. There, it's, there, there it, it grows to an almost uh, comical effect. It does, yeah. Whoa. Where have we gone? AM land. AM land. Who's that? Such a bad name for a song. AM land? AM at law. That song oh. I wrote. <laughs> oh. You, you admitted to it. I, 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 admitted, I totally admitted to it. I was going to say, I knew a guy who wrote a song <laughs> once. And as we mentioned earlier, you know, metal had the side A, short songs, side B, one long form song. Here they kind of mixed it up. Right, the mm-hmm. album is bookended by two long end right. suites, long form suites, and then you got this collection of single songs in between. And I mean, as a standalone single, this is this is great. This is the first Floyd song I ever heard of. Right? 
Oh, yeah? This is where David shows us he's not just a master of the electric guitar. He can... He can make the acoustic guitar bend to his will as well. Oh, yes. Fucker. <laughs> Big-handed fucker. Meaty-fingered fucker. Love you, David. No lie. <laughs> so... So you think you could tell Heaven from hell Blue skies from pain Can you tell a green field From a cold steel rail A smile from a veil Do you think you can tell feels like it could have been on side one of many. Although, on that album, it would have been much less developed. Yeah, than yeah, this yeah. Well, that's, I was about to head there with that, yeah. I think we're discovering that the similarities between metal and this album were much greater than we ever suspected. almost like it's almost like Dark Side should have come after you <laughs> sure you know where like like you said I mean you have the similarities but this is this is more polished than how I wish you were here we're just two lost souls you could almost say too that Dark Side was where they really just Poked their head above the clouds, and they had to come back down to the level. Yeah, I guess it's kind of hard to see whether it was conscious on their part or unconscious. Right, right. Wish you were here. Still got that melancholy sounding synthesizer. Incidental music during Doctor Who, that's a pleasure. Rick, what's, what's this we what's this we're hearing? Did you did you do some moonlight right writing some music for Doctor Who? Is that is that right? Todd is bullshit. Is it like a turd? I'm gonna pause because I gotta take a leak. Okay. I do. I'll be That's back. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna pause everything right here. So. <laughs>
Jim's back anyway. And a few ounces lighter, I might add. I'm going to have to come up with some good intro-outro music for you going to the bathroom. <laughs> the match game music would work, I think. <laughs> All the panelists are deliberating, writing down their answers. Brett Summers is eyeing up the male panelist. <laughs> All right, again, sorry, audience, for the, the uh, abrupt edit here, but I believe this is the track that closes out the album. You see, we've done our research very, very well. Just very, very studious, very uh, hours and hours going through microfiche. Microfiche, hell. See, to a lot of you younger people, microfiche... <laughs> I had to go through some back issues of Playboy to oh, wow. to read some interviews that with the sounds, band. That's, that's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. It was all... Uh, no. You, you know, you don't have to explain it. No, I'm just going to say uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, ra- the razor wasn't as in vogue back then as it is today. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that's, that's off the record material. Oh, it's off the record. <laughs> Wikipedia lists this album as covering the genres of prog rock, art rock, art rock, experimental rock. Skips over rock entirely. Experimental rock. Yeah. So they have a control and a, <laughs> a lot of test tubes involved in the making of this album. Yeah. Scientific method was was employed. Much much data collection and, and uh, statistical analysis and linear regression and the, the liner notes began with an abstract. <laughs> Under methodology, it's listed. <laughs> Wow. 
again, you know, Waters is playing a bass line here that today would, would just be programmed on a sync, on a synth. Mm-hmm. Very repetitive, basic, again, it's like trance, ambient mm-hmm. kind of feel. days with the slide guitar yeah again i think we're uncovering more similarities between these two albums than yeah. we, we ever knew existed that either speaks to the band's genius or unoriginality Regardless, it, it really does. I'm not sure it has to speak to either. I mean, I think it speaks to their arc, though. Again, as, you know, I said in the beginning, these three albums form an arc. Mm-hmm. I think. You know, the middle album, Dark Side, just speaks to that arc. It's above the clouds, out of the atmosphere. Again, consciously or, or subconsciously, with that, with the way that album falls in between the two, it makes me think like. Did something happen that might have prompted that? Well, the drummer lost an arm. Oh, wait. No. <laughs> different English band. I'm different, sorry. different, different, different band. Different band. Different band. Like, you know, did, did they watch uh, Wizard of Oz? of pinnacles of one's career and development. That was the pinnacle of, uh, what's her name? Judy Garland? Yeah. yeah. She peaked at 14 or whatever she was. Poor girl. Change up in, in feel and time right here. 
piano sound. Yeah. It's going to take it just to a different place. And this kind of goes to what I was saying earlier about Rogers. Like, this isn't necessarily a difficult bass line, but it's also not too simple either. Okay. You know? I guess by this time, you know, Stevie Wonder was doing this thing. Too. Yeah. Stevie Wonder, I think ACDC was doing their thing. Zeppelin and Sabbath have been doing their thing for a long time. Just such a fertile period of music. Deep purple. And even though I'm not, and, you know, I mean, and then you also got Southern Rock going on there. I'm not a huge fan of Southern Rock. There's some things I like. I'm not a huge fan, but so much going on. These were the Gerald Ford years, weren't they? They were. Bring back Ford. Surprised they never found someone named Chevy running against him. Sam Chevrolet. (laughs) Charlie Chevrolet. Didn't Chevy Chase do a great portrayal of Gerald Ford? Am I wrong? I don't know about it. It's, it was a funny portrayal. Yeah. Well, I, what was funny about his portrayal was he didn't try to actually look or sound anything like him. Well, there's your Chevy Ford yeah. connection. Yeah. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with this album at all. Yeah. Proving once again, folks, if there's a tangent, we'll find it. three and a half minutes of this song left so what are they going to do in these last three and a half minutes they're going to go instrumental I think you said like that you said like that you haven't heard the album <laughs> I haven't okay. I like it though it's good yeah yeah good stuff oh this it's very Dr. Who sounding I'm, I'm convinced now more than ever he was, he was moonlighting for the synth sounds like it's trying to imitate maybe an English horn, but it's just way sadder. It's just not quite cutting it. (laughs) This is like they considered using this music at the end of each episode of The Incredible Hulk. But they said, no, that's too sad. No, that's too sad even for us. If we play this, the the entire crew, cast and crew, is just going to off themselves. I think if I was going to make a preset on a synthesizer of this sound, it would be called... Suicide? (laughs) No. It would be called Hearse in the Rain. Broken down hearse in the rain. <laughs> With dead flowers in the back. <laughs> Late for a funeral. <laughs> One armed hearse driver. <laughs> this is so sad. 
find her strawberry. <laughs> In the rain. This, Broken down. This might be the saddest sound ever committed to tape. saving me from committing suicide right now is the friendly glow of that apple on the back of your laptop. If that Hold on, let me take care of that for you. <laughs> let, me, let me turn that off. <laughs> oh, thank God, it's over. I mean, what a shame this great album had to end so soon. It's almost like he's trying to make it sound happy, and it's he's quite, failing. It's not quite working. I think the rest of the the rest of the band had left the studio at this point, and they just said, "Rick, you finish it. Whatever you do, we're good with." We're leaving this in your capable fingers. <laughs> he's just gonna ride this out for like six more minutes, isn't he? Logan's Run, too. Lo- Ooh, Logan's Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think Logan's Run uh, used some of his, his, his sounds there. Well, that's the end of Wish You Were Here. Good old Michael York. Michael York. Well, he said Logan's Run. Yeah, so? Well, he was in it. What's going on here? I told you my iPod had this out of sequence, folks. That's okay. Yeah. Just end, It just adds to the spontaneity of this... Otherwise, unspontaneous podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, we kind of skipped over this little part here earlier. This is the part that leads into uh, something. Well, anyway, that was it. There you go. We've uh, we've essentially uh, wasted an hour and forty minutes of. All three people who listen to this podcast, but on a positive note, we we did polish off a bottles of uh, bottles bottles. Really, oh. we 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 more than one. Wow, because I feel good if that's. I mean, we polished control. We pol- polished off a bottle of doers that was hanging around for for far too long. That is that is a high point. Actually, Ken's going to finish the last drop. Yeah, there's like a couple drops in there. They're all for Ken. Well, that was my shoulder. Damn. Yeah, well, I heard that. Everyone's going to hear that. I, wow. That's... Unless you edit it out. Yeah. Prost. Prost. Nastrovia. Nastrovia. Slavania. So, folks, um, on that note, I think you've heard enough of our yakking. Yeah, I think you heard enough of us about 72 minutes ago. Yeah. So, we're going to be signing off here, and hopefully the next episode, which we haven't decided on a topic yet. Oh, goodness, no. Uh, that'll take us a few months, at least. Uh, but hopefully we'll, uh, we'll do this on location next time. Ooh. Maybe with a special guest along with it. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah. Until, so, until then. Until then, folks. Um, enjoy the music. Enjoy your day. See ya. Mm